Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of ClearedCast. So today we have Jessica Reynolds back on the line, one of our recruiters that you can find on clearancejobs.com. And today we're going to be discussing one of those government acronyms, OFCCP compliance. So the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs is a part of the U.S. Department of Labor. And this program is responsible for ensuring that employers that are doing business with the federal government comply with the laws and regulations that require non-discrimination. So there are a ton of boxes to check with OFCCP if you are a defense contractor and a lot of policy to keep in mind as a recruiter or an HR professional. So Jessica, welcome back to the podcast. And I'd like to start if you could kind of give us the rundown on OFCCP and what it means for defense contractors. OFCCP, if you work with some of the bigger names, they have entire compliance departments that run this. But for me, I'm at a smaller company And so it's really a lot of onus on the HR and recruiting teams. And at the base of it, it's really making sure that our job descriptions are written properly and that we're following great procedure to allow all qualified candidates to be considered and have a shot at the jobs that we're posting. And from a candidate perspective, it can be kind of confusing because, well, half of HR doesn't really even know what this means either. But the big thing about it is, you know, our job descriptions are doctrine which is where a lot of the candidates can get confused and where writing a really good job description and a very thorough job description is paramount because anything in that job description has to be met by the candidate hired or a new job description has to be created and posted for the minimum, which is five business days. Okay. So yeah, a ton of boxes to check as you're writing those job descriptions. And so anything else specifically that recruiters or HR teams have to do having inclusive language and things like that. But aside from the job description, what are the other kind of steps to take note of? Making sure that you are screening every resume. And that goes back to the last conversation that we had that, you know, the applicant tracking system isn't doing this for us. The recruiter or the HR or, you know, whomever is in charge of screening the resumes that come through, they have to check all of the boxes. So if it requires a bachelor's degree, five years, and a SEC plus certification, every candidate that has those three things has to be given the opportunity to be considered. And that's where we come in to make sure that there is no implicit bias in hiring, which is the goal of this. The government said, hey, if, you know, if we're going to give you money and we're going to do business with you, we want to know that you are practicing ethical and fair hiring programs. So inclusive language, making sure you have a diverse slate presented, because again, it's not inclusive if you're only picking and choosing the people who meet your bias. Sure. And so you might be able to school me on this because it has been a few years since I've been a recruiter directly. But I think from a defense contractor perspective, especially one that maybe you're headquartered in Virginia, but you have a couple of positions out at Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas, Nevada, 
I believe that there are posting requirements in terms of if you have a position in a certain state, you have to post it on their state job board. Is that still a thing? No, that is still a thing. There are minimum requirements, especially for SBAs. Anybody who falls under the 8A category 100% has to post on all state employment boards. And so those to clarify that those are the ones that are quantified by the state employment agencies. So whatever the local municipality for Nellis's employment commission that would have to go on theirs. And then the overarching Nevada state workforce commission would have to be posted there and it has to be there for five days. You're from a small business and you mentioned that some of these larger contractors obviously have dedicated compliance teams to make sure that all of these things are teed up. Tell me a little bit more if you are knowledgeable on this about the differences, because if you are an 8A set aside and you have kind of these other hurdles to go over, what are the differences between those small business set asides and what OFCCP compliance means for them and then maybe some of the larger defense contractors if there's a difference there? So at the heart of it, OFCCP compliance applies blanketly across federal contractors who receive at least $10,000 a year in federal funds. The Small Business Association, however, does require more of the small businesses. So for example, working at an 8A, I'm not allowed to list citizenship as a requirement of employment. It can be a condition of employment, but I am not allowed to word it as such. Working as a contractor, requiring a clearance alleviates me from explicitly saying must be a U.S. citizen, even though it is a requirement. Super interesting. And that's I'm going to have to comb through some requisitions after this because I feel like I see U.S. citizenship required listed quite a bit. So kind of taking note of what kind of contractor you're applying to or what kind of contractor you are as a recruiter and what you're listing on that job description. So from a candidate's perspective, I know that you mentioned it's a little bit confusing sometimes, but what are some things that maybe they have to keep in mind or should they even care about OFCCP compliance? So talk to us a little bit about from the candidate's point of view. From a candidate perspective, it can be a little confusing because you've got these LinkedIn influencers and these TikTok career coaches saying, oh, if you meet 60% of the qualifications, shoot your shot. If you're 100% qualified, you're overqualified, you'll be bored, there's no room for growth. In an OFCCP-driven market like defense, you have to meet 100% of the required qualifications or the company, if found during an audit hiring people not that do not meet the requirements of the job description will face a fine and it's sizable and if you get so many fines within one audit period or within so many years they will pause your ability to receive federal contract funds or completely restrict you permanently from receiving contract funds and as a government contractor that is detrimental to your income streams so for candidates, when you're applying to anything that requires a clearance, it is safe to to say that that is an OFCCP environment and you have to meet anything listed as required, which is why you're seeing a lot of the contracting companies list two things under required, but a laundry list of preferred requirements because it gives them more wiggle room to hire people without being as stringent. It's why you'll see the requirement is only a degree and years experience and maybe a certification, 
but then the rest of it is this is what we would like to see, not what we require to see. So hopefully that gives candidates listening a little bit of insight and potentially why they might be rejected because of those influencers saying, you know, shoot your shot, like you said. And it is kind of a different world when it comes to contracting. And it's not even in the recruiter's decision making ability. It's it's so far beyond that. So hopefully, like I said, candidates have gained a little insight from that comment. Yeah, and we—I mean—we work against the la- what's con- what's called a labor category. We call them LCATs for short, and that is the what our government customer has said quantifies as this particular position at its level and everything. And the government has said this is what is required to be considered. The recruiter, the program manager, all have very little say in what the requirements are because the government has said this is what is required. And unless the government is willing to do a contract modification to change that labor category, can we consider somebody who doesn't meet the requirements listed? Sure. And I know that, you know, LCAT reform has been kind of a hotter topic at clearance jobs. And this is probably another conversation. But in terms of LCATs being so strict and the candidate pool meeting those LCAT requirements, really not being as as abundant as I think recruiters would like. That's, again, why LCAT reform has kind of been a bigger topic of discussion within the contracting world. And so let's talk a little bit about like scary being audited. I've never been audited for OFCCP compliance. Have you or anyone that you know, or have you heard stories about companies being audited? Not at the company I am at now, but at the company I was at previously. I will not name names. They went through an audit right before I came on board, and it cost them $80,000. I mean, luckily, it was a, it's a ginormous contractor. $80,000 is a drop in the bucket. However... Oh, my gosh. If that were to happen to a small contractor, that is substantial to a small to mid-sized contractor to have to pay... to the government and then have your HR department under a microscope because that's what happens. You fail an audit to that magnitude and now everything you do is under scrutiny. All of your applicants, your resumes, who applied, who was selected, who interviewed, all of that is looked at even more closely because, you know, OFCCP is to help push along with your affirmative action plans to ensure that we're bringing on diverse candidates and not, you know, hiring all of the upper echelon friends, because that's the whole point, is to make sure that we are hiring the best candidate, not the CEO's next door neighbor's son. Sure. And, you know, for candidates, that is probably, you know, it is in the job search within any industry, but national security as well. It is about who you know. It is about networking and things like that. But that's why you will be asked to to formally apply to a position because recruitment and HR teams are trying to evaluate all candidates involved. And so $80,000, like you said, that is a lot of money for a small business. I guess backing it up, do do you recall how the communication before, since you joined this company, you know, after they were audited. Do you recall how they were chosen or what kind of prompted the audit or how that communication with the Department of Labor OFCCP program happened? These companies are audited annually. Usually it's just, 
hey, send us a sample size of this much of your, you know, catalog. Send us X number of job job recs with all of the attached candidates and let us see who, let us see what you've done. Usually it's, you know, just document share. And then they go from there, which is why accuracy from an HR standpoint is so important. Ensuring that one of the biggest red flags for an HR department is if you have a requisition that is a one for one hire. And what that means is you have one candidate on one requisition and you hired that one candidate. That's a red flag. Sometimes it just is what it is. Only if it's a niche role or not a great location, sometimes you only get one applicant and it turns out well because it's niche. Not a lot of people have the experience. So the right candidate applied the first time, but it is a red flag that will cause the OFCCP to dig deeper into that. Why did you only have one applicant? Why were there not more applicants? Did your recruiter not source? Was this requisition opened just for this one person to apply? just so we could close it for that one person, which is against OFCC policy. Gotcha. Well, a a lot to think about in terms of your standing operating procedures and things like that. But let's move on to sort of current events with OFCCP. They recently scaled back religious exemptions. I'm not sure if you know a lot about that recent update, but there are, are, are there any other new policy or rules that you're aware of or anything that we can potentially expect to change in the next year? I haven't heard of a lot coming down the pipeline as far as OFCCP is concerned, unless they pull under a lot of the transparency laws that pay transparency laws that are now popping up in various states, which pay transparency hurts no one. It, I mean, in the federal contracting space, it can be seen as competitive intelligence. But anything that helps the employee to understand where they are compensation-wise helps them to make better decisions. And if they feel fairly paid for the work that they're doing, we're less likely to see this sort of incestuous turnover where you get a group of candidates who just kind of round robin through the different defense contractors working. When I worked for my previous employer. A lot of us had the same background. We all worked for the same other defense contractors and, you know, that's just how it is. And so unless pay pay transparency may come up, the recent scale back on the religious exemptions, depending on which side of the aisle you sit on, that can be a polarizing topic, which, you know, we won't get into here. But OFCCP's main goal is to keep federal contractors compliant in fair hiring practices. Everything that they're doing is really just to keep everyone honest, which is in the best interest of the candidate and the country. But I don't think there's any new big legislation coming out. Good points. So affirmative action programs and inclusivity in your recruiting are really just the starting point for OFCCP compliance. And I I know that there are like guides and to help you better comply with policy and there are compliance checklists that are available for download, you know, especially for small businesses where they are handling this with kind of a smaller scrappy team. It's really important to make sure that you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So Jessica, are there any other closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our audience with today regarding OFCCP compliance? Going through and just educating yourself regardless of your positionality in the hiring process. I have a lot of industry colleagues who post on OFCCP and we have a lot of discussions around it. SHRM, uh, the Society for Human Resources Management, is a great avenue to learn more of an HR focused. And then going through even just to the OFCCP's website under the Department of Labor really just helps you understand 
why it's there, why we have to do this, and why it's important. And then it also gives the candidate a better understanding of, you know, okay, well, I don't have these requirements. So, you know, can I reach out and see if maybe they're willing to talk to me still? Absolutely. And it just, it gives everybody a better understanding because, you know, right now and in, in this day and age, recruiters and HR do kind of, kind of get a black eye for their mysterious processes and rules that nobody seems to understand. Well, this is one of those big ones and educating everyone on it, regardless of where you stand in the process, just makes processes that much better. It's not a mystery. It's just, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. Absolutely. And so OFCCP obviously affects both candidates and recruiters and HR teams. It affects both contractors and subcontractors. So anyone doing business with the federal government, they, these entities have to comply with the legal requirement to take affirmative action, not discriminate on the basis of race, color, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, national origin, and a longer list when it comes to those things. So when it comes to compliance, I know that we touched on HR accuracy is really important. So don't let your data gather dust and make sure that your HR departments are up to date on the current policy since it is forever changing. So for more recruiting and HR news and advice, you can visit news.clearancejobs.com.